Chuck and Julie, bringing you the truth straight up. I'm Julie Hagan. I'm working at- an Emmy-winning former investigative reporter, a highly successful trial attorney, and publisher of a major Denver area newspaper. They've been partners as talk show hosts and in marriage as parents for over 10 years, providing thought-provoking information, opinion, and entertainment live, local, and interactive. Everyone's voice is always welcome on the Chuck and Julie Show. Well, hello, everyone. Chuck Bonniewell, Julie Hayden, and the Chuck and Julie Grassroots Show. Truth straight up. That's right. Truth straight up. Brought to you by Rocky Mountain, uh, Mountain West Acupuncture, Advanced Acupuncture, and Chinese Medicine. Holy cow. So much to talk about today, Chuck. We're going to have to turn into a 24-hour cable news show or something like that. Uh, and actually, a lot of good news for grassroots today. Um, we'll be getting to the, um, the, the whole Arizona situation. We've got the uh, open... Um, primary lawsuit being heard right now in Colorado. We've got Mike Lynch being ousted by grassroots people. Kendra Graf going to come on and talk about that. But first, want to bring back one of our favorite guests, Karen Cataline. Um, she's a, a political, I was calling you a political analyst. She's got her own shows. She fills in. She does everything. Um, and what? She's in, yep, she's in, and and yet joining us in the great state of Texas, by the way, where Abbott declared there's been an invasion. And so um, he's going to continue to defend Texas. That's, that's a thing. But wanted to talk to you about people who've listened to us for a while. And this ties into the Democrats all voting in the um, New Hampshire primary. 70% of the people who voted for Nikki Haley were not Republicans. And way back in 2018, after Colorado opened up its primary, when uh, we were at 710 KNUS, Karen proposed what we then dubbed the Cataline Conspiracy. That's right. <laughs> to <laughs> have at the time Walker Stapleton was running unopposed. And we and Karen suggested, well, let's go ahead and try to vote for the Democrat that we we think would be least likely to win. Um, and, and Karen, you are a genius, right? No. Not even <laughs> close. I, I picked the wrong candidate for one thing. I picked the one that did win. Yeah. Um, it, your governor was so excited that I was uh, touting him that uh, he thought I was touting him because I liked him, not because <laughs> I liked him least and because I hoped he wouldn't win. Uh, but I was wrong. Well, and you were wrong about him. Politics. <laughs> but the strategy at the time, and we could talk about this a little bit. I mean, we, we were attacked yeah. for, for even suggesting that oh, somebody do something. Foul, foul. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and all the liberal and the, the Democrat controlled media organizations are like, that's terrible. That's, that's, that's a threat to democracy and things like that, right? And we dared to do it publicly as well. Yeah, that's right. And when that's at right. that time, Democrats did that all the time, and now they are no longer hiding it, but they've been doing it for years, playing yeah. on, in Republican primaries. Well, they, they've done a thing where there are um, unopposed primaries make up 70% of the Democratic races. They only make up 30% of the Republican races. So that gives Democrats, hey, there's nobody on our ballot, just like in New Hampshire. We'll we'll just go vote on the Republican primary for either the biggest rhino. Yes, but that's or by design. Sorry, but that's by design as well. Yes, yes. Is they have the chutzpah, that's the Yiddish word, to play in and to pretend like there's serious, serious opposition to Donald Trump. <clears throat> and uh, meanwhile... They're just open about the fact that there will be no debates on the leftist side. There will be no challenging on the leftist side. Whomever they anoint is who they anoint so that they can spend all their money mucking things up on the Republican side. It's what they do. Exactly. And we have a soundbite we're going to play. As you said, you know, back in 2018, they were still pretending, but they're not even pretending anymore. This is an interview, I think, that CNN did with the New Hampshire voter. And Thomas, if we could please play the NH voter video. Christian, who did you vote for and why? Yes, so thank you. I voted for Nikki Haley, and it was certainly a strategic vote. Um, I think the DNC is fairly resolute in their nomination for Joe Biden. Uh, And while I wouldn't vote for her in a general election, particularly on our differences with uh, 
climate change solution, a woman's right to bodily autonomy, or uh, incarceration rates, I think a vote for Nikki Haley is, helps diminish Trump's influence in the RNC and their nomination, but is also a vote towards democracy. And Christian is emblematic of so many conversations that I've had here throughout the day. Rachel? All right. Yeah, first I have to say, did either of those guys look like, is it just me getting older? Did they even look like they were old enough to vote? Getting older. <laughs> I'm getting older. But, you know, I think what's telling, and Karen, I wanted to talk to you about that because it is so funny that just a, f- a few short years ago, right, we were excoriated for even suggesting something like this, even though they were secretly doing, and they're not even trying to hide it anymore. They're openly saying that people that, that they should do this. What? What do you think has made them so bold anymore that they aren't even trying to pretend? And, well, I thought about that uh, in coming in here. By the way, just before we mention that, notice the buzzwords. Body autonomy means the right to abortion. Body autonomy does not mean you have any control over your own medical decisions, like whether you take a shot or not. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's all buzzwords for them, and the left knows. Well, democracy. We've got to make it safe democracy so you can't yeah. vote for who you want to. Exactly. <laughs> and and remember, they, they were the ones that used the term dog whistle, but they're the only ones that do dog whistles, right? Right. So I thought about it. I even made a couple notes, right? Go for it. Um, the reason why <laughs> they get to play by different rules, they don't feel any obligation to be fair intellectually honest or morally consistent. Why? Because they have thoroughly gotten the message by the leftists in power and the propaganda media who changed the rules. So as long as you parrot the leftist narrative, you can do anything you want. They'll even bail you out of jail and blame their enemies for what you did. And watch carefully because how they frame and defame their enemies is how what they will do to you if you dare to cross them. That's what they've learned well, and they've gotten it subliminally and overtly, that they can do anything that they want. And I believe that all this double standard, we need a new word. It's not a double standard. There is a totally different set of rules for their political opponents. And they want us to know that because they want to reduce their opponents to second-class citizens that are that are um, vulnerable to all manner of uh, uh, oh. taking away your rights and smearing them as domestic terrorists. I mean, this has all been done under the nose of the people that claim to be Republicans, but the, the people that claim to be Republicans don't seem to care about any <laughs> of those things. They are too busy... Uh, claiming, and it's claiming that they hate Donald Trump. So, right. Well, um, here we'll get in to- Colorado, they hate the grassroots. I mean, there, there's no question. If you if you go to the average rhino in Colorado, who does he hate more? He hates he hates grassroots conservatives more. I mean, and you always the inner party fights are always the more most vicious. Um, yeah. And so, you know, they they just whatever they can do. We'll talk about a. A law case a little bit, you know, where where um, two rhinos uh, decided to help the Secretary of State and Attorney General, both rabid uh, Democrats, uh, to fight the Republican Party. I mean, that's how much they hate uh, grassroots. Well, yeah. and and I think it comes down to power. And what we could, I mean, there's so much to talk about here. But if you're an establishment, you're trying to hang on by your clinging fingernails anymore to power. But you're right. And I think when you look at Nikki Haley's donors, they're all openly Democrats, right? And I don't think she's going to quit. I think she's going to hang on and hope that something happens to Donald Trump some way, shape or form. Um, And, you know, that she'll humiliate herself as much as possible because she's getting paid well to do it. But but I think, Karen, you're right. It's, you know, a tragic in the states like Colorado that have open primaries, I believe this was the, the Republicans were duped, I think, to go along with it. And I think this was a plan all along to be able to meddle in primaries like this, don't you think? Absolutely. They like to make it. They are 10 to 15 to 20 years ahead planning yeah. to make legitimate by law what used to be illegitimate that they did anyway. 
So they want to legitimize their tactics and delegitimize their opponent. Oops, somebody's what? coming. That's okay. okay. Um, yeah. No, I agree. What do you want to say? Okay. Well, in fact, you've argued this too. I mean, you were arguing, and again, we'll talk more about it here with um, with Dave, um, but the open primary, it's like Republicans, and you still have people like Dick Wadham saying, oh, we're open primaries well, are he great. So much, he, he, you know, he's one of the witnesses as Republicans try to get rid of open primaries um, because they have the same effect they do in New Hampshire. And who's their lead witness? Dick Wadhams. And its second one was Wayne Williams' assistant. Uh, Secretary of State Karen Tyrell. It's so infuriating. The two of you were very prescient and continue to be in fighting against people who have no allegiance to Republican principles and ideals voting in our primaries. And uh, and at the same time, a Dick Wadhams, I would love to ask him, but he gets really mad when I get around <laughs> because he yells at me. <laughs> oh, he's kind of short-tempered. I don't know. He, maybe he's changed, but no. I wish someone would go, people would go on the offensive with these people claiming to be Republicans. And well, I, apparently I, in court today, we got, we got a text. Um, uh, Randy Corcoran was uh, cross-examining Dick Wadhams and he, oh. he called him a son of a bitch. <laughs> no, not in court. Here's oh. what happened. We'll talk. Oh, so, okay. You know more than Randy, I do. This is according, this is like third hand. But so Randy Corcoran, who's a great grassroots warrior, was cross-examining rhino trader Dick Wadhams, who's testifying oh. on behalf of the Democrats. And Randy starts off by saying, well, you and I know each other. And then he goes, can I call you Dick? <laughs> and outside in the hallway, uh, Dick Wadhams swore at Randy. Somehow, <laughs> I, I, I would like to ask these people who claim that the biggest problem in America today is Donald Trump. Uh, so when did you start supporting America going communist? Okay. Oh, a while ago. <clears throat> because what? Quite a while ago for most of them. <laughs> but they won't admit it because, unfortunately, Republicans are always on the defensive. We've got to be on the offensive. At this point, either they are so oblivious to life as we know it, they can't recognize tyranny when they see it. They can't recognize that the radical left, which is the whole Democrat Party, is is has already taken away free speech. They... They surveil their enemies. They smear their enemies. They are hateful bigots. They cheer Hamas. And these Republicans think, as I was watching last week, party over uh, person, but only when you join us, right? Yes, yes. They were asking, only what the is beer. a rhino? Well, a rhino is someone who completely went back on everything they claimed to ever support. Limited government, freedom, the Constitution, and free speech. And if you cannot recognize that all of those are under attack, <clears throat> you're a Republican in name only. <laughs> right. What did I read of somebody? I'm stealing this from someone who stole it from someone else. He said a rhino is just an undocumented Democrat. And I thought that was kind of good, too, which is what Nikki Haley is. Um, and, and and again, I think, you know, looking ahead a little bit. So we, we saw their tactics, which, Karen, we saw when you when we suggested it, it was your brilliant idea um, that Republicans tried to do this. You know, they jumped up and down. Now they don't even try to hide it. I think their next thing that they're going to go after is going to be to get rid of primaries altogether. And it's going to be some sort of ranked choice voting. And yeah, that way, yeah. the, the uniparties. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Let me tell you something else that is really a pet. I mean, has been a pet peeve of mine ever since this fraudulent cartoon of primary started. The primary was always a lie, always a lie. Um, it was designed to make it look like Trump had significant opposition, which he did not and never did. So I am just not of the opinion that we ought to play by the rules that the left keeps making. It's great, like you said, with the Catalina conspiracy, or as uh, Chuck calls it, the Catalina conspiracy, <laughs> certain rules and hoist them by their own petard. But when you can't do that, 
refuse to play by the rules. I know it's outrageous. I don't do as much talk radio as I used to do, but I didn't watch any of the primary debates because it was a fraud. Yes. Well, they they fund this fraudulent opposition to Donald Trump. If there's real opposition, tell me about it. But among the grassroots who actually vote, there was virtually none. And yet right. all they want to do is water down his support, which all they do is make it stronger. Well, they say openly, Democrats will not have any debates. Democrats will not have any opposition. Biden will not uh, debate his presidential opponent. And we don't care how unfair and and unjust and corrupt that makes us look. Right. Because we're letting you know and putting you on notice that we will continue to be just as corrupt. That's what they well, do. Exactly. And when you read things like the Never Trumpers, and, and I recommend to everybody, there's a great column up, and it's a New York Times column, actually, but Breitbart has it up where they talk about the New Hampshire primary and, and you know, the flop of all of these candidates. Like you said, there never was opposition. Sort of is... It's sort of the death knell of the, the you know, the John McCain, Mitt Romney, you know, Liz Cheney arm of the public of the party. But when you look at the Hill had a thing where they were talking about never Trumpers are starting to feel like they might not win, you think. But when you go through and they talk to them, none of them, you notice, ever say why they don't like Donald Trump. They never actually say they go on about how horrible he is, how awful he is, how he's a threat to democracy, but they don't ever ever say, even Dick Wadhams never actually says, well, what is it about Trump's yeah. policies that you don't like? And and I've come to the conclusion that, the, that there are no policies that they don't like. They just don't like that they don't have as much power or sometimes oh, any. Oh, that's not true. There are policies they don't like. They don't like uh, the trade oh, policies. Okay, they money policies, like exactly. Well, as you pointed out, there's a strain of faux elite Republicans yes, get their review. bread buttered by people like Phil Anschutz. And you guys uh, had a great article in the Glendale Cherry Creek Chronicle about Thank that. You. About And so some of it is money and who they're supporting. But, you know, I even looked at a former grassroots person who was, I was reading her Twitter page, name shall remain nameless at the moment. And I think... Uh, they've bought in to the the fraud that is the vendetta that was and has been the vendetta against Trump to to believe because they're maybe they're not too bright or maybe they're gullible that if we just got another candidate, the Democrats would play fair. There's nothing remotely true about that at all. The only reason they've gone after Trump as hard as they have is because he's the biggest threat they've ever seen. Right. If tomorrow he said he was interested in globalism and open borders and uh, on the way to Marxism, even though he made a speech that said America will never be a socialist country. If he went back on any of those, they'd back off from him. And the fact that certain former Republicans cannot understand that strategy makes me sad. Right. Well, and yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, they don't get that as we've said before, and you've said before too, it's Trump is not a cult leader. Trump is simply the face of a movement that has been growing and growing. And as the elite become more elite and is, as their puppets become more strident. Um, and meanwhile, you know, grocery prices, I was at the grocery store this morning, you know, you walk away, like literally it was $181. And I'm like, what did for I even a, for, get? For a, a thing of butter? That's a little yeah, yeah, for butter yeah. and some hairspray. The butter alone is $181. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you look at that, and Trump stands up for the average person, and you they see this gap growing. And I think, you know, that's why, you know, the Davos people and the World Economic Forum people say their number one priority now is censorship. Right? I mean, they're calling it misinformation. Um, and that's going to be where they strike next. But it just is so interesting to me, and, and again, that, that they're not hiding their tactics. And to me, that's a little alarming because they don't clearly feel like they have to anymore. And you got to wonder what, what's, you know, is there this shoe sitting over our heads that we just don't see yet? I think there is a giant boot sitting okay. close to our necks. That's what I really think. I'm sorry to say. Um, I saw this very short little story that said uh, a teacher went into his classroom and said, um, 
uh, he told a student to leave the room and leave the class and never come back. And then he waited to see if anybody would protest. And he used it as a, an example that when you see unjust accusation of somebody else, do you understand that you're next? And what's really bothersome is these massive examples of absolute fascist tyranny going on in this country and people uh, like elite Republicans and others are unfazed by that. I don't care how much you hate Donald Trump and you probably hate Donald Trump because of seven years of propaganda, because I watched a sitcom from, you know, 15 years ago. He was a darling for the left. They loved him. Now they hate his guts and he's worse than Hitler. But if you're gullible enough to believe that, why aren't you principled enough to stand up for a person who literally is being persecuted in ways that no political presidential candidate has ever been openly persecuted ever? And if you do not see that as a truth, that threat to the republic, then either you're gullible, you're a fool, or you're a rhino. Yeah. Even worse. You're a rhino. <laughs> well, Karen, where can people get get some more of your wisdom? And and yeah. uh, well, I don't know. You know, opinions are like rear ends. Everyone has one. Wait, I don't. Have a website karencatalin.com and our uh, our show. You got to really work to find where I am, but I put stuff up on my website to tell you where. And um, it's always an honor to come on and uh, chat oh, with you. Great to have you. Thanks great so to much. have you. Great to see you. Say hey to your husband. Okay. Thank you. All right, we're all going to come live with you in Texas, thanks to Governor Abbott. All right. <laughs> thank okay, you. great. Thank you very much, Karen Catlin, guys. Karen. Thank you. There's some. Let me read some comments here, and then we can get to um, Representative DeGraff. Democrats don't believe people can make their own decisions. They need a big brother, but most Republicans kind of believe that too. Um, then Jacob says, just wait till there is a shortage in Chinese antibiotics sold to the United States, and then bring back the military draft, and you'll see a southward trek of all the immigrants. That's true. And then from Leo, Trump is the surfer that caught the wave while all the rhinos are sitting on the beach drinking Coronas served to them by illegal immigrants. So, <laughs> well, there is a, this was, it was a good grassroots day. Trump won again, even Ronald McDaniel, and we may talk about that a little bit later, is saying that Nikki Haley should, um, she didn't actually say, um, you know, Thomas, hold on, we'll get to Dave Williams in a few minutes. We're, we're good with that. Um, that she, there's no path to victory. But there was good, there was a victory today at the Colorado State Legislature, a grassroots victory. Well, and and we, we, can... want to, we want to bring on one of the true patriots of the Republican Party. If you don't know him, you should. And it's Ken DeGraff. Um, he's a tremendous uh, grassroots supporter. He was he was tremendous um, when we were trying to do the opt out. Um, he was fighting on the on the floor of the assembly. Um, so he's just a great guy. So if we could bring up Ken. Ken, that we came a little early. He might not be. Are you there, Ken? I'm I'm here. Can you hear me? Oh, we can. Yeah. We can. Thank you. And I know you're you're actually at the legislature. So there has been I'll let you kind of explain it. But Mike Lynch, who was the House Minority Leader, who, by the way, has an F rating with the Colorado Liberty Scorecard, um, stepped down um, after right. there was pressure over the um, DUI arrest that he tried to cover up. So why don't you explain kind of what happened and why that is good news for grassroots people? Well, I, I mean, I, there's there's nothing I'm happy about with the uh, the overall situation. Right. Um, it, uh, it you know, the circus and everything that uh, transpired was uh, was really unfortunate. It was a it was a uh, unnecessary, unneeded distraction. And um, I'm glad I'm glad now that we can uh, step forward. I found out on uh, uh, Thursday that um, about the DUI and, you know, of course, I thought at first, you know, I, um you know, I, I didn't know, like I, like I told Mike, I, I think, you know, when you look at the, uh, when you look at the, um, you know, typically what you see in the news is uh, what I would call based on a true story. So, <laughs> you know, not wanting to, uh, not wanting to, you know, jump into anything. And then the video started coming out. And then, you know, my recommendation to him was that, and I think, you know, to avoid this becoming a distraction for the party for, uh, and for your and for your family, I think I think you need to step down and um, not run because 
you know, as he said in, uh, in, in the words in the paper, that this is going to be a big deal. Well, if it was a big deal then, it's a big deal right. now, still on mm-hmm. probation and then not and then not disclosing that to the Congress. So we didn't have the opportunity to uh, we didn't have the opportunity to weigh that information in in our vote. So the only way to approach that really was to have a vote of no confidence, remove him. And then from there, I just well, you know, at, you know, you could run again, but then we'd be in the same situation as the speaker vote because uh, I, I just looked it up just to be sure. I mean, and, and Liberty Scorecard, I you know, I I don't think anybody is a, is an excellent resource. I think it's a fantastic resource for uh, conservatives to, and I'd I'd highly recommend uh, you know getting their updates. But you know, we, we're we we're not beholden to that to to right. that so but with a with a with a score of 58 and if you look at and, and i think liberty scorecard does a really good job of sticking to the principles that they yeah. that they yeah. espouse and they give justifications for it um so with a score of 58 and you know with the with the uh the, the sentiment in the uh in in the uh in the state right now among the uh in the the grassroots and ultimately it's the grassroots that vote and uh you know, I know, you know, we have a lot of corporate uh, donors that, uh, you know, they, they, they probably had a uh, strong preference for the, uh, you know, the rhinos in the, uh, in, uh, like I explained to you last night, Chuck, was the, uh, where the, the, the focus on industrial sovereignty over individual sovereignty, but those, mm-hmm. those, they, they don't ultimately vote. So if we want to if we want to bring back voters, if we want to bring back the unaffiliated voters, we need to we need to make sure that they know that we're serious about the values. And and uh, a value is only a value until you trade it for something you value more. And, you know, we need to we need to stick to our we need to stick to our core principles so we have something to stand on. So my recommendation was that, you know, he wouldn't run so he wouldn't put people in the bind of having to, uh, you know, vote um, in a way that's going to get them in, con- you know, in, in uh, hot water with their constituents again. So right. that was, that was my recommendation. So the first, the first uh, caucus call that we had, um, you know, we wanted to uh, keep everything. Um, there were, there were, there were, there were those who thought we should do it on Friday morning and just go down there and pound the well and, you know, make a, a, a big, a bigger issue out of it. And, um, I, I get that's, you know, that that's not who I am. So I, you know, I wrote the letter to Mike and I said, I think, and I told you what I, uh, I, I informed him and that, um, and then we let it kind of sit, like, let's see, let's let this transpire over the, uh, not, not so it transpires and see what happens. The right thing was the right thing, but it's not something that we had to, I didn't feel it was something that we had to rush into immediately and, and do hastily. So on Monday we had the caucus meeting, we discussed it. And I said, uh, by the time the end of this meeting, I am going to call for a, I am going to request a caucus call period dot. And we gave Mike the opportunity so that he could announce the, he, he announced the caucus call, um, it was going to happen one way or the other, but he announced the caucus call so that it was, you know, not, not anything, not anything big. Well, um, so then it would, then of course it's his meeting. And then we had the caucus call and we, when we took the vote, um, you know, there was, there was no, uh, there was no roll call taken. There was no attendance. There was no, uh, but you know, most, you know, you could do that mostly by looking around the room and checking it off. So everybody right, assumed, right. everybody assumed that uh, Rep Luck was on, on the call, either on the wall or on the, you know, on the phone. Uh, Stephanie you know, Luck, a, she was out on maternity leave. She's, she is, yes, she is, she is, um, she is not at the Capitol. She's still performing most of her duties. Right. She's not on, she's not on maternity leave okay. in that sense. So she was marked, she was excused from she was excused from the morning roll call on the house floor but representative soper was also excused from the uh roll call on the house floor so now you have two people uh when we had uh when we had a tie everybody was well how could you have a tie we have 19 people and everybody thought all 19 were there but uh then it's like well i'll look around the room well then that means that then we quickly figured out that rep rep luck's not on board i tried i got a hold of her on the phone i had her on the phone said 
hey, she's ready to vote. Now, of course, she would not have the benefit of a secret ballot that at that point, but she was ready to vote and wanted to vote. And then the, the meeting was abruptly truncated, although it was never there was never a vote to adjourn. And and I know all that parliamentarian stuff is just and I've always thought it's like, what a bunch of nonsense. But it, you know, unfortunately, it really it really keeps it, it when in heated situations like this. It, it, it actually does you know, keep things uh, on the right track. So so we had the other meeting and the, the, the second the second caucus call and uh, is was to just put it before the members that would you like, you know, do we continue the meeting? Just have rep luck vote. Or do we start over? Those are those are the those are the uh, the ideas, and then and any member can call a caucus call. It is a call for the caucus. It's not a uh, it's not a uh, it's not a request. It was po- it was posited at some point that it would be a request for a caucus call, and that's not true. Um, it's a call for the caucus. Why were they and, and and Ian Thomas? If you want to go ahead, I just got a text from Dave Williams and give Dave a phone call. He'll come on on the phone here in a minute or two. Um, who was objecting to the? I mean, so Mike Lynch, you know, I mean, everybody is human, right? But he but he had this DUI arrest, kept it secret from everybody, um, and intentionally, like you said, he said, you know, we don't want this to get to the media, so he knew that it would have an impact, kept it secret. Then it's revealed by the Denver Post. Who was behind? trying to keep him on and what were their reasons? You know, uh, I, I, I really, I really don't know. I, you know, the, the suspicion is that it's more of a, uh, you know, that it's uh, oppo research that, uh, you know, there are, there are so many candidates for right. that race that, uh, that, that somebody started digging, you know, I, I have not looked into why it was all of a sudden, a uh why all of a sudden it came out it seems like it was a surprise to a lot of people um so how it was kept out of the media i i don't know it's just and and, and whether that's worth looking at i don't know i don't i don't have time to and i don't have the inclination or the resources so i won't but um the uh so i i don't i don't know why it was uh i, I don't know why it was kept out well, he was We've got, let me interrupt you one sec. We've got Dave Williams with us on the phone. He's the chair of the Colorado Republican Party and himself a candidate in CD5, but not the same congressional district that Mike Lynch is in. Um, so, Dave, hey, Dave, first off, thank you. Welcome for the, um, you know, we, we appreciate you coming on the show. Um, let me jump in and ask you, because we're talking with Representative DeGraff here, the, the Colorado Republican Party tweeted that they thought this was the right thing to do. Why don't you talk to us a little bit about the, the party's position on this Mike Lynch and the resignation? And, and you were down yesterday for some of the proceedings and gave some yeah. questions yeah. to uh, Scott Bottoms. Yeah, you you bet. Well, first and foremost, the party is very concerned about the situation because ultimately our job is to elect Republicans especially our nominees in the general election. And when you have someone like the former or soon to be former disgraced minority leader, Mike Lynch, um, not only endangering motorists uh, by driving while drunk, he, he also, you know, engaged in a cover up, which is probably worse uh, than the actual offense in a lot of ways. Uh, When you have that kind of criminality going on, um, you can't, you know, you can't credibly be the party of law and order, right? You kind of lose the moral high ground. And what makes it worse is that he was carrying a weapon, a handgun, uh, that he almost got killed over. And the only reason he didn't die was because there was a well-trained, calm and collected police officer, state trooper, who handled the situation, I think, very well. And normally you wouldn't see that. Um, All these things just made it painfully obvious that he needed to resign. And the party was reluctant to weigh in on this thing initially because we figured, hey, this is pretty obvious. The the members of the caucus are going to be able to handle it um, if Mike doesn't do the right thing. And he didn't. In fact, it got worse and worse and worse as time went on uh, to the point where they denied Stephanie Luck the ability to actually vote and make it it official. People need to understand that that 9-9 vote that tie was created because Mike Lynch voted for himself. Um, you know, and I don't, and 
and Stephanie Luck was unable to to cast her ballot, um, which likely would have gone towards no confidence. Um, and she tried. She attempted to be. Uh, she attempted to cast that vote after she found out it was being held. And before she could do that, Mary Bradfield, who is a terrible caucus chair, and that's, if anyone's wondering, that's the official party position as well. She's a terrible caucus chair. Yeah, that's the official position of the party? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, she she adjourned the meeting without a vote before Stephanie could cast that that ballot. So I think it's painfully obvious to everyone that we're dealing with um, or that we did deal with a leadership team that was trying to allow Mike to cling to power when he had lost the confidence of the majority of his colleagues. And, and, that, and we couldn't stand for that. So I showed up yesterday because um, and I'm sure you guys may have talked about this or not, but we, you know, we had our hearing for the open primary. Yep. Yesterday. We'll get to that in a second. We have alluded to that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right. So I got done testifying because I was a witness in the hearing and I heard this was happening. I heard that they were attempting to do another vote. And as I was passing by the Capitol, I parked nearby, walked in just to see what was going on. And it was pure chaos. And it was chaos that was, you know, orchestrated by Mike Lynch. Um, Scott Bottoms rightfully called for another caucus meeting to have another vote. So Stephanie could cast her ballot. And they did everything to stop it. They intimidated other legislators. They lied to other legislators and said, this isn't legal. This isn't happening. You can't do this. And the only reason they did it was because they knew they didn't have the votes. I guarantee you the only reason Mike Lynch resigned today is because he finally figured out that he couldn't survive because most of his caucus would vote to kick him out. Um, you know, if I had some small part to play in that, so be it. But yeah. I really don't feel bad about removing someone who shouldn't be in leadership because of his because of. What, his what do you say to the the reporter thing that his DUI arrest and and uh, later plea bargain was an open secret at the Capitol? It was not an open about secret. It. Not, yeah. not, okay. not not true. Not true. I'm I you know I was on my way out when that happened. I was my term was ending. So I wasn't at the Capitol as much, but I assure you that we, if, if that was an open secret, um, I didn't hear about it. And most of my other colleagues didn't hear about it. And I, sh- I also assure you that people like Ken DeGraff and Scott Bottoms, all the freshmen that came in and uh, were voting on him for leadership, they didn't know about it. In fact, that was prominently uh, reported on last week when this initially broke. No, most Nobody people knew. didn't know. Most people didn't know what was going on. We do tend to think, though, that it's possible Democrats knew what was going on. Um, That may have have played into some of the decision-making that occurred last session, which is very problematic and speaks to the reason why Mike should have um, disclosed it to the voters. I mean, that's the other thing that's getting lost in the mix here, is the voters never knew about this. He he was arrested in September of 2022, never disclosed it so the voters didn't have the opportunity to weigh in or account for that um, that arrest and conviction um, you know in November of 2022 there's so many things that are wrong with this right well Look, let me he, well, interrupt well, Ken, one second who, who, is, who are some of the candidates or people are thinking about to replace Mr. Lynch you well that'd be a great choice Ken, <laughs> who do you think? Who's... I think I think we'd have we'll have to uh, put that uh, before the caucus. There's a uh, there's a there's a lot that's uh, there's a lot that's going on, uh, and what's what's going to be the uh, the best thing for what's going to be the best thing for the caucus? Um, I have been um, asked if I'd be interested. I don't know who else great. is interested. Well, I I do appreciate that. I do appreciate that. I I would like to, uh, with Dave's involvement, I did want to comment on, uh, you know, I I was really, I was, I was pleased that Mike stepped down, but I was very disappointed that uh, uh, Mike alluded to uh, this being all orchestrated by uh, what he called a, who he referred to uh, Dave as, I'm assuming Dave as a failed uh, Republican uh, Republican chair. Dave was there for yesterday, as he explained. But this was this is not 
this is not orchestrated by uh, by Dave. Um, this was, it was orchestrated by Mike Lynch, driving drunk with a gun, pulling it out, freaking out the like the patrol officer, asking that it can't get in the media, and then covering it up. That's who orchestrated it. Call me crazy. Yeah. The, the, uh, we we were uh, we were presented with a situation where the only way out is through. So we had to deal with it. We and we and the uh, the idea was to deal with it uh, in a an even manner as possible and you know unfortunately it turned into uh into into theater so i don't i don't uh, i don't really know who's all um interested in uh in, in running for it i don't know uh, i have not heard from any candidates i've not heard from i've not heard from anybody that's wrangling votes or trying to uh you know or trying to you know, get get me on board. I, I I have not I have not heard from anybody. So it's it's something that we're we're still, uh, um, that, you know, discussing. I mean, there certainly was a part of uh, Mike Lynch doing the job that. Uh, I mean, I was happy. I wasn't doing the job. I wasn't having to do that job. Can I just ask you and then Dave some more questions for you? But for, first, for Ken, because I think Dave alluded to a really crucial point here. And that is one of the reasons that he has like this F rating in the Liberty scorecard is that he votes with Democrats. And as the minority leader, he can kind of try to steer how the Republicans vote. And so if the Democrats potentially were aware that Mike Lynch had this going on, I mean, what that could easily be something they could mention to him when they're discussing his vote and how he's going to steer the votes of the caucus. I mean, I mean, to me, that's that's a real bad potential, don't you think, Ken? Absolutely. I mean, that goes to the whole military idea of, uh, of uh, operational security, and it's one of the things that I brought up in uh, in, the, in the letter to him that um, there were, you know, there were a few occasions, and you know, I I can't know, but it there were times where it seemed like he uh, that there was a little bit too much complicity in. Uh, you know, following uh, the majority's lead, and you know where where we felt like we were, uh, you know, kind of blindsided by the by the events that happened. Like, okay, we're ready to fight. We're gonna, you know, we're gonna push back on this bill, and then all of a sudden we wrap it up for a, uh, you know, maybe we wrap it up and you know for you know for for an amendment. So I mean, there was a learning curve on our part as far as freshman goes, but you know, it's a it's a question and it's one that's immediately asked, and it's one that can't have a, and it's one that can't have a good, it can't have an accurate answer because nobody is going to say. Right. I mean, I would hope that it, I would hope that it's not true. I would hope that it's not true, but I can't verify that it's not true, and it creates that situation. And so that's a that's a that was a reason for the vote of no confidence. And I would have just really rather seen him step down as opposed to going through this. Uh, you know, I, you know, there's, there are things that, uh, you know, Mike and I disagree on, but, um, uh, you know, th that it's a very hard, it's a very difficult situation for any person. And I, you know, and, uh, and, 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 you know, we're not, you know, Mike and I are not, uh, you know, political rivals in any way shape or form we might disagree but i i don't want to see him hurt i don't want to see his family hurt i don't want to see i don't want to see his name dragged through the mud i want i want absolutely none of that i wanted this to be handled quietly um it was an unfortunate situation where we had to deal with it if we didn't deal with it we would have dealt with it the entire year we, yeah. you so would have exactly there's no way to That's not it. deal hey. with the situation. Well, let's let's and talk Ken, for a second about about the. Well, the let me let Ken go because I know he has a meeting. You have other meetings to go to, right? Ken was like, "Ah, oh, this is a set." Two, uh, two, two or three more meetings tonight. I have. All right. uh, Ken, thank you for your time and all the work you do. Okay, we'll let you go. Um, Dave, Thanks, thank no. you very much. Thank you. Okay, Chuck, go ahead. Uh, now, Ken was at the uh, fundraiser um, last night. Uh, for the lawsuit that uh, being brought by John Eastman and Randy Corcoran on behalf of the Republican Party um, to free us from having the open primary, and what, what you'll you'll enjoy this, uh, Dave. So um, today, Dick Wadhams, being the traitorous rhino he is, um, got on the stand. Randy asked him, "Hey, we know each other. Can I call you Dick?" And you know, and so apparently. According to uh, 
witnesses. Sources um, that Julie knows. Um, after the cross examination, we're out in the hall. Uh, Mr. Wadhams called Mr. Cochran a son of a bitch. Um, <laughs> so it must have been a good cross examination. <laughs> but Dave, how about so this is seeking a preliminary injunction to allow us to have a close? Well, it'll be a primary where you have to be a Republican to vote in the Republican primary. Um, what, what's your take on things and how, how is all that going? Um, I mean, it's absolutely crucial. Uh, I mean, there's a connection to Mike Lynch and what we're doing uh, in the in the courtroom. I, for those of you who don't remember, uh, Mike Lynch uh, was supported by an organization called Unite America, which right. was run by former Speaker of the House Terrence Carroll, who was a Democrat. Yeah. And they spent about $456,000 um, in five races. Three mm-hmm. of them were state rep races, North and Weld County, and or in Larimer County for Mike Lynch, as well as two Senate races um, during 2020. And, and um, their stated goal was to elect moderate Republicans. Right. They right. wanted to eliminate the, yeah, rhinos. They wanted to eliminate you know, quote, partisanship. And so they spent heavily for Mike Lynch among other organizations like Ready Colorado and yes. probably, probably Advanced Colorado, although I'm a little unsure about that, but it all came. Well, Advanced Colorado was, was not yet really formed, was it? Well, it all, it doesn't matter. It, it all comes from the same money pot, right? The, the right. Republicans, yeah. the establishment Republicans wanted to elect Mike Lynch and they did. And they used the open primary system to their advantage right. uh, by getting enough unaffiliated voters to help, you know, win that race for Mike. Right. Um, this is exactly why we have to go back to a closed primary system. When we allow the establishment or we allow the Democrats, um, like they did with Unite America, to interfere in our races, they elect these types of Republicans who are just not they're not suited to lead. Mike Lynch, quite frankly, should be resigning his his position as representative, although it probably doesn't matter at this point because he's not running for reelection. And because I think the voters of Congressional District 4 are going right. to be very clear to him that they don't want a, a drunkard you know, representing them in Congress. Um, so the I mean, the, the fact remains, though, that um, if we don't stop this, we're going to we're going to expect to see more. Uh, more dark money groups come in and elect these people that have no right. business representing the people. And right. that's what we were doing. That's what I am happy to have signed on to and pushed for this uh, preliminary injunction hearing. I testified yesterday. Um, I you know, spoke about how, hey, it's kind of impossible to get 75% for the opt-out since it's not really a choice. This thing is unconstitutional. Uh, we you can't force Republicans um, into a system where non-party members who are not registered with you uh, get to come in and tell you who your nominee is going to be. That's a viol- violation of our freedom of association rights. Right. So, well, then, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's I mean that's that's the gist of it. You know, when we, you know, we have this this illusion of a choice that we call yeah. the opt out, um, but it's it's it it, it doesn't. It doesn't. If we can't avail ourselves to that option, then we really have no choice. Right. We're stuck in this system, and that's an egregious violation of the. Well, country. and to me, you know, go no further than look how hard our, you know, radical Democrat Secretary of State. I mean, look at the people who are fighting us, right? Dick Wadhams. It's like just go no further. If George Soros, Dick Wadhams, and Jenna Griswold want to keep and us in the open primary, from Rappo County, who was yes, is in Steyer, exactly. Under, under Wayne, Wayne Williams. Williams, right? If if those people are all for keeping us in there, then then we know it's a bad idea for us. Otherwise, it wouldn't be fighting yeah, they so hard. Wanna, they want to keep us in the system because, quite frankly, they don't like people like Patrick Neville. No, yeah. they don't like people like Ken DeGraff. They don't like no. people like Scott Bottom. They don't right. like some of the Justin Everett, who's our new. Oh, our new, what uh, a great choice! What a great choice! Yeah, he, I mean, these guys are grassroots Republican fighters. And the establishment can't stand them. They don't want them in positions of power. So they'll waste hundreds of thousands of dollars, manipulate the rules 
so that they can get their ilk elected. And this is what happens when they get elected. You have Hugh McKean, a disaster as a minority leader, yes. and just all-around bad leader. I know he died, God rest his soul, but he was a terrible leader. And then his successor becomes Mike Lynch, who turns out to be a, a wreck of a human being himself. And we wonder why we can't succeed in the state. We can't so which, succeed. Which, which rhino is going to come next? Well, I, have, I have no, I have no idea who they're going to elect. I told the, me, I told the media that at this point, as long as they're not convicted of drunk driving and then trying to cover it up, <laughs> I'm just fine. Right? That, that, that's the, that's the bar that we're at. And it's a sad thing. I mean, it's funny, but yeah. it's sad. Because yeah. this is the commentary of Colorado politics. We've had these knucklehead Republicans, and Dick Wadhams is the poster child for it, who who like to say and gloat and beat their chest how we're, we're, we're the adults in the room. If you just listen to us, we'll win. And for 20 years, we've been getting our asses handed to us. And it's be, it's because of, of these guys. They keep electing these, these clowns who don't know how to lead. And when when they when when their personal lives are discovered or found out, you you then get to see you know who they are and realize that man they shouldn't they can't even run their own lives well. Why the what hell should... are we allowing them to make major decisions for the for the public? <laughs> All right, well, David, that is good. So we're gonna we're out of time here. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for for the the lawsuit and and the work that you're doing yeah, there. Yeah, and, and helping helping to you know, figure out ways in which we can fight back uh, with previous, previous ones like KBB. So we can't do anything. I uh, know we don't have the money. No, forget it. We just have <laughs> to accept whatever the left gives us. And now she's running for for a school board at CD4. Oh, God. <laughs> hey, enough. Well, that's for a whole nother show. Dave, because we got to go now. Dave, thank you for your time. Hey, and thanks. All you do. Thanks appreciate very much. It. You bet. Take care. Okay. Um, thank you. Boy, we had Karen yeah. Cataline, Ken DeGraff, Dave Williams on you guys. And we'll talk more about this Friday. And it's, Ken DeGraff is a real comer. I can tell you. Oh, He's a real yes. Comer. And it, it's, it's a good time for grassroots. We've, you know, you feel yeah. like you, you fight so hard, so long and hard. And it's, it's like the slowly but surely things start turning, I think. So we'll talk more about that on Friday. Um, also on Friday, I mean, the great state of Texas, right? Saying, hey, we're being invaded. And if the federal government is going to do its job, then we're going to do ours. Um, when, did, when did Greg Abbott uh, find a <laughs> backbone? I mean, that's, you know, he's doing great right now. I mean, he got elected and everybody's kind of disappointed. But right now... He's pouring it on. That's right. We'll talk about that. I'm sure there'll be more fallout. We'll see. I don't think Nikki Haley is going to step down anytime soon, but oh, so no, much no. to she's, talk about. She's, she's too much fun. All her dalliances are coming out, and, and it's <laughs> too much fun. She's too much entertainment hey, so, for her to go. Thank you to everybody on Zoom. Thank you to the great guys at BBS and everyone who listens. Remember, you can get all our shows at Chuck and, and Julie. What's next, Julie? Party Friday. Yay! <laughs> all right. See everyone on Party Friday. Bye, everybody.